Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. And I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue. And I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and holy shit... We're starting December. It's extremely crazy because, like, with all of the pandemic and everything going on this year, with no shows and everything, I've been keeping really busy, but this year has absolutely flown by for me. I, you know, just last last week, it felt like I was talking with Chris Black and the reboot to the Metal Forges podcast, and getting to talk to so many awesome people this year. It's just, wow, magnanimous. Um, So look forward to the Christmas special, uh, not to be confused with the Star Wars holiday special, which was absolutely a train wreck, but it did introduce us to Boba Fett, even though George Lucas changed all that shit. So anyways, yeah, I digress, as as somebody I know would say. All right, I'm going to take a second here and talk about this because it's really been on my mind as of late, and I think it deserves a little bit of time. The holidays are really hard for a lot of people. Things happen. You know, facing seasonal depression, you know, missing loved ones, especially this year, missing loved ones and not being able to see your loved ones on the holidays because of lockdown restrictions and so on and so forth. If you ever need anybody to talk to, shoot the Metal Forge a message, you know, shoot me a message. It's metalforgeradio at gmail.com. Even do it on my personal Facebook page because, because I know I can be a dick a lot of the time, but I really do care about people. And, you know, I really want you all to, to let me know what's up because nobody should have to face holidays alone or not be able to talk to anybody because, you know, we're all in this together. We're all people. I mean, it's, I face depression a lot. You know, I'm really prone to it. I really just, I like you guys and I I appreciate you listening every week and I appreciate your opinions on the shows and Hey, you did a good job. I really like the interview with whoever, you know. I I really appreciate those messages, and please keep sending them. I was looking at my Spotify uh, stats for 2020, and we logged over 7,000 minutes of content this year. And I know that does include where I uploaded all of the archives as well. But still, 
7,000 minutes. That's a long time. So I enjoy you all just going back through the archives and listening and everything. And speaking of the archives and, and listening and everything, I do need to thank the sponsors. I'm going to keep this short and sweet today because we're going to get into this uh, interview with Spellbook. And thank you, Moms Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Tattoo Charlie's, Wrestling Steve Show, Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards. I love you guys. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show and allowing me to continue doing what I'm doing so I can provide the best possible metal show for all of the uh, listeners out there. You guys, all listeners, sponsors alike, bands that come on the show, you all kick ass and thank you so much. Let's listen to some uh, Spellbook here. This is off of the Magic and Mischief album that came out on September the 25th. This is called Ominous Skies.
metalheads, and I am being joined on the line right now from Spellbook in York, Pennsylvania. Holy shit. I have Nick, Nate, and Siebert on the line. Guys, how you oh, doing? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Dudes, what's up? Not much, man. How you doing? Dude, I am doing all right. You know, this has been like the where I'm at the first really cold day. We got like a little bit of a snow flurry um, earlier in the week. So fucking crazy. <laughs> where are you at, Kentucky? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, just above Louisville in Indiana. Wow, yeah, we're up here in Pennsylvania. Haven't seen any snow yet. Yeah, but you all are like, it gets cold up there and stays cold for like months on end, right? Yeah, <laughs> half the goddamn year. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it could always be worse. And I don't want to, like, you know, rag on Canada or anything, but, like... But you're going to shit on Canada. No, but, I, no. Uh, <laughs> I have a friend who uh, who lives in Montana, and it would snow 10 months out of the year there. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't do this shit, man. No. I, I hate food. <laughs> Me too. No, I mean, I know a ton of people who love it, and, you know, kudos to them. But, no, I don't do too well in it. I, I don't care for it personally it's just just me it's dark constantly now it's dark when we leave to go to work it's dark when we get home from work don't see the daylight the sun at all you know it's it's depressing i'll tell you that yeah it very well can be looking up here you guys originally were witch hazel to a change name to spellbook yes tell the metal forge listeners about that yeah um we formed the band in 2007 under the name Witch Hazel, we put out uh, three official releases uh, throughout the years. And uh, for a while, you know, there's always been something that comes up. Like there's other bands named Witch Hazel. There's like some confusion going on. And, yeah, locally and internationally. Yeah, like, you know, so we, we had thought about changing the name years ago. But for some reason decided like, well, let's just try to outlive what other, you know, other the other bands that are out or whatever. Well, it got to the point where, you know, labels were starting to pique interest in us. And uh, it was starting to become an issue with the labels, you know, to where I think our previous album, Otherworldly, uh, was getting close to getting put out by a label. But they had an issue with the name. So this time around, uh, you know, we finished up Magic and Mischief and uh, went around the labels. And it came up again, and we're like, this, it's officially holding the band back at this point, this name. So um, we decided to pull, pull the trigger on it, and uh, we went with Spellbook, which was uh, an old song of ours off of our first full-length album, Forsaken Remedies, under the name Witch Hazel. So. Okay. So the name has roots with you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, we, that was a conscious decision on our part just to keep it like, hey, we're the, still the same band, you know, same idea, same project, same vision, just uh, just under a different name now. Right on, right on. I can dig that because, you know, it's one of those things that there's a ton of overloads out there. That's the name of my band. Uh, most of them, you know, I've done that same thing where I've waited out and, you know, no American uh, overloads, which is pretty that are together or anything. So I get it. I mean, absolutely. Right. It's it, it's a market where almost unless you use a band name generator, most names are going to be taken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. like uh, just like sword and the sword. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with one another, which is a which is a great thing, you know. It's why I dig the Metal Archives page because you can just go on and see like on here yep. it shows your all's years active 2007 to 2020 as which Hazel currently changed name. So that's that's cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what, it was uh, Nick here that came up with the name Spellbook, and I was like, well, that's great, but there's got to be five million bands called Spellbook by now. <laughs> and, you know, we did our research, and like, holy shit, like, there really is, like, nothing of note currently, at least. No, not at all. You so can, we lost out on that. <laughs> definitely. You can type it in on Metal Archives, and nothing comes up but you guys. So that's, right. that's when you're yeah. doing your job you right. Know, it's, like, it's so goddamn tough. That was the biggest thing, you know, just like like Mate said, just trying to get noticed all these years, putting in all the work. And then, again, I want to stress, it wasn't, it, I mean, there's obviously a bigger witch hazel, uh, the European witch hazel, the W-Y-T-C-H. I mean, we've known about them for years, and I'm sure they've known about us. Yeah, and it, it, it became a point where it wasn't just that. There's like, apparently, though, there's like a local witch hazel, which is a pretty big uh, cover band around here, I guess. And every summer, we would get numerous messages about playing these festivals and it's like ah it's the same bullshit again i guarantee it they don't know who the hell we are <laughs> right and you start that whole thread and like yeah we can play and yeah we agree this is not funny and it's like oh you guys aren't this government like no so it was just frustrating we were just make a, a game out of it like as soon as we knew like somebody was <laughs> trying to get a cover band we're like well we don't get out of bed for less than two grand yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how I don't know how it is there in the Louisville area. There's usually one cover band that can always command some astronomical rate. Yeah, it's oh, cool. yeah, same here. And so like, same. they might draw like two to five thousand dollars a show, and they'll yep. be bo- and they will be booked every weekend for the year. Yep. And get it. It's the same thing here, dude. And then every other cover band scene is making like 200 bucks a night. Yeah, uh, we played a festival one time of nothing but cover bands. (laughs) Okay. Dude, it was bizarre. It was like an outdoor big festival of cover bands, but we were the only original band on the bill. And like we played Dead First and were the only band that did not get paid. And the other bands are pulling in, like you said. Two grand, one grand, three grand. Wow, it's it's kind of it, it it's it's not making me want to play covers ever. So I mean, well, we heard, well, we heard Cat Scratch Fever three times at yeah. the tour. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, because they play all the same the same uh, shit. Whether it's top forty in twenty twenty or it's top forty in nineteen seventy eight, you know, it's still. <laughs> if you like girls got rhythm. Because you're hearing it five times today. <laughs> from the next five bands. <laughs> it was great. We had fun with it. We really did. We had a good time. All right. <laughs> I love the ACDC, by the way. Oh, yeah. We love that shit. But it was just comical. Every band going up there and basically redoing the same set. It was great. It's a festival of cover bands. What do you want? So they didn't. So the one, the promoter put one set list on the stage and every band played it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Get your chops up, boys, because here's what you got to learn. <laughs> oh, I can only hear so many times of uh, cr- the solo and Crazy Train played wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, 
when it comes to writing music, obviously I'm talking to three guys here on the phone. Kind of leads leads me to believe that you all are all in the York area. Yeah, yeah, um, South Central Pennsylvania. Okay, but you're all there together writing music, correct? Yeah, yeah, every week. Okay, because it's been such an interesting thing doing this podcast and being able to go from a this was a local only show for a year where I had nothing but like the Louisville, Kentucky artists. And then once I started doing the podcast, it was like, holy shit, I can talk to you guys. I can talk to whoever I've talked to bands overseas. And it's really kind of cool to find these bands that uh, have a member in like Toledo and one in Phoenix. Yeah. We know, we know like some of our buddies bands have distant members and it's amazing how that works and they're proficient with it. You know, they get, they get stuff done and make records. They, they do little tours and it's not how we do it, but I mean, it's right, right, right. too fucking tough for me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess if you're, you know, obviously it's possible and like you can write songs over Facebook messenger, you know, like that we do bounce a lot of ideas off of each other that way too, but to actually get it in fruition and like it's nothing like being in a basement you know and just like you do this i'll do that blah 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 boom 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 you know songs done it's the streamlining of things where you you know you get together and there's almost like a a camaraderie there that you all can share and look at each other and be able to write and perform music totally yeah and nothing gets lost in translation you know at that point It's it's all right there in, in one room. Right on. All right, hold that thought. We'll be right back. It's time to take a break. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at tattoocharlies.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. All right, we're back with Spellbook from York, Pennsylvania, and talking about time. Uh, 13 years y'all have been together. I understand that, you know, 2020 doesn't really count for any of us because there's no shows really going on uh, unless you're you're playing, uh, you know, an online deal. So is there a, you know, like a... the, The cliche 13th anniversary show that you all are looking forward to playing? Well, we usually have, uh... A local show we put on ourselves uh, every year, uh, just something called The Nightmare After Christmas, and it's been getting bigger every year as we go. I think last year was our sixth year. Yeah. Um, this year, there won't be one for the first time in six years, but um, that's usually like our biggest like local show because we it's us and four of our local friend bands, and we all, you know, it's five bands for like three bucks. And we all just party together. Just, uh, you know, it's just been getting bigger and bigger each time. So that's kind of going to be a big hit this year, obviously. A big miss, I should say. Right, right, but, right. Uh, but uh, besides that, besides not playing, 2020 has actually been a, a huge year for us. You know, we got signed to our first label. Nice. Through Zelda Music. We released Magic and Mischief. You know, probably the best record to date. It's been going great so far. So, yeah, 2020 sucks. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it, in some ways, it's been pretty huge for us. Understandable. I think any time that anybody can put out something, like an album, an EP, whatever, even just a song, that's one in the plus column. Yeah, totally. With this being put out earlier in the year, 
actually just a couple of months ago, September. Are you all currently already starting to write new stuff? Absolutely. We already have half the record done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we we never stop writing. And the fact that 2020 has been what it is, what else is there to do? Let's just keep working on the next record. We hope to be in the studio sometime next year. Right. And that wasn't the original plan. Like it was, yeah. it was just practicing this set and getting tight and going out and playing as much as possible with this material. And now it's that off the boards. Like what else are you gonna do? Like Nate said, so it's just we've been writing like crazy. And we did have a small tour of Germany in lined up for this year, but obviously that all got scrapped. Everything got scrapped. Right, right. Once everything just started shutting down, we just locked ourselves in the basement. <laughs> like let's just start pumping songs out. It's been going awesome. Right on. Um, it's this this next record is going to be fucking crazy, it, and so yeah, we hope we hope to be in the studio. Like I said, sometime twenty twenty one, maybe summertime twenty twenty one. Hopefully, we can put out the next one within the next year. Right. But on. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the studio, this is something that I really don't ask a lot, but I'm interested always with the advent of the home recording. Now, when you say studio, do you mean actual studio or, you know, you guys on your Focusrite rigs and running it running it through the computer? Or are you all actually going to a professional studio to do stuff? A uh, professional studio, always. And uh, our last record was done at Developing Nations in Baltimore. It's run by Kevin Bernston. It's, a, it's amazing. And we're actually going to be... Uh, releasing a little mini 10 minute documentary the making of magic and mischief here in a couple of weeks so it's a, kind of like a, tour, a tour of the studio and you know the whole making of it so that's definitely where we'll be going to again for the this next one because we just loved the sound that we got over there kevin you know main selling point with kevin was i don't fuck with drum triggers i don't fuck with autotune I, nothing digital like you're gonna get the best sound that comes out of the room. It's like, yep, you're our guy. Like that's Definitely. The exact sound you want, like old school 70s rock and roll. And right. yeah, it sounds, it sounds great. And like, he's got all this crazy gear, all this vintage gear, like just that you can just use. So we just had a field day. And like, we just had like a whole day of just, what does this guitar sound like in this head? What does that head sound like through this cab? And just all that stuff. So we really fine tuned all the guitar tones and bass tones and, even the fucking drums we have. Yeah. Drums got the most love out of any record so far, which is really cool. Definitely. It's one of those things where if you can go in and experiment beforehand, get things down the way you know you, you would think they would sound good, that's always a plus. That's always something great to have. It's it's a fun experience in the in the long run, I think. You might not think yeah. so it's it's such a positive experience that you might not think so while you're there because it, it, it is a lot of work. Well, yeah, um, you know, getting your live sound is a completely different beast from being in the studio. Oh, definitely. It's two completely different things. So it's like, yeah, like, well, you know, when you're writing the song, you always have, like, in mind, well, at this part, I'm going to have this kind of tone with, like, maybe this kind of effect on it. But, like, at the time, as you're writing it, it is what it is, you know. So it's always good to, like, make little notes of, like, you know, all, like you were saying, like, preparing for the studio and, yeah, right. Like, at developing nations is rad because it's just it's a playground of gear. Like yeah. here, you pick like whatever you want. Like, yeah. and so yeah, that was great. And yeah, I think the the record 
it's our best, definitely our best sounding record we've ever done. So I think we're just going to keep going back to Kevin until he kicks us out. Right on. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's always something cool too, that if you can ever, I recommend this to almost anybody that I talk to about recording is check out the classic album series by like Eagle Rock Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing that, you know, they, they handle, you know, you like the breakthrough albums from people like, uh, British Steel and Paranoid and The, yeah. the Doors and LA Woman, these, yeah. these magnanimous yeah. albums, uh, Bad yeah. Out of Hell. You, you just see these wild and crazy things that these people have come up with that make, make this album great and it's Absolutely. it's really cool so if you know for the listeners out there check out that series for real <laughs> yeah no, yeah it helps big time i know exactly what you're talking about like even like some of the stuff they're like oh yeah like we recorded like all this other shit that you didn't hear on the record so yeah. let's turn it up it's like wow like right all like the all stuff these, like artifact shit that didn't make the final mix no. and stuff and yeah or, or stuff that, you know, like, that's cr- wild and crazy, like in uh, Metal Gods by Judas Priest. They, uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're about to say. The, the silverware. silverware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Smashing a, smashing a tray of silverware down on a marble floor. Sounds like a gigantic robot. Yeah, yep. who would have thought of that? One of my favorites is uh, when Nate mentioned the machine at Deep Purple. Dude, what they had to go through to listen to a track back. Uh, they were using the uh, Rolling Stone mobile, and uh, and obviously the whole band's playing together, and it's like, I wonder what that sounds like. And they're like, oh, let's go down two flights of steps and outside and uh, into a truck around the, around the courtyard. And it's like, holy shit, like what they had to do to make records back then is amazing. And just to hear what you just recorded. Yeah, dude, and you're talking about, you're talking about these like top of the line musicians like these guys you know they had their cards you know what I mean? like they were on the scene forever like everyone has their chops the true definition of professionals and like what they had to go through to like record that music it's awesome i love that we get in the studio we don't know what the fuck yeah definitely <laughs> we're just trying to play in time and shit <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to make it on time right it's like you sit there and when you do it it's like wait what they did this huh <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I tell me all the time. I'm always like, you know how it is. Like, you're super critical of your own shit, and uh, you'll hear everybody else's guitar parts and bass parts. And you're like, man, it's killer. And they're like, no, 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 man, it's great. And you're like flipping out. I'm like, ah, fuck. Like, I don't think I cracked on that rim quite enough. And they're just like looking at you like, we talk. So, right. Uh, dr- the drummers. Like, I'm not fiddling. Like, I'm gonna. It's gonna be amazing, and the drums gonna be perfect. And it's like. We're gonna be here three weeks doing drum tracks, dude. Like you gotta live with some shit. Some of the shit is just it's how you play it, and, well, and, and you know, like as long as it's not derailing a song and stuff like that. Like some of that stuff, you gotta let it in there. And that's something we say all the time when we're recording a record. You know, we're tracking a record. If you mess up, quote unquote, mess up, or like there's something you're not happy with, and you bring it up, it's like, dude, everyone else thinks it's fine except for you, but. If you're going to lose sleep over this, then we, <laughs> then we have to change it. At the end of the day, you have to be cool with what you lay down. So really think, is this a deal breaker for you or not? You know, Definitely. Which, you know, another cool thing, you know, that whole situation in Master of Puppets when Kirk's string got caught under the fret and it made this crazy screaming tone. And, I do not know that story. Yeah, and it was, it got caught under the pit the the edge of the pickup or under one of the frets something like that and it created this crazy tone that can't be reproduced live 
I love that shit. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. It's like um, Sepultura's first album, Morbid Visions. They were so excited to be recording in an actual recording studio that they forgot to tune their guitars. <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't sound... Why... That doesn't sound like a made-up story because I've seen them live a few times, too. <laughs> they must have forgot then also. <laughs> but dude, that, that record, Morbid Visions, sounds so fucking evil and bizarre, and that's why they weren't in tune with each other because they were like 15 when they recorded. Right. And I love that album, too. So, <laughs> All right, hang out another minute. We're going to have a couple of sponsor spots here. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called the Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Just a few minutes ago, you said musicians are a bunch of critical bastards. Speaking of which, can you actually objectively listen to your music? No, I can't. (laughs) We talk about that. It's funny you mention that because we talk about that. And uh, that that is a great point. Like when you you hear new bands or even your favorite artist who has like a new album comes out. And it's like this experience for you. Like we all say to each other, like, we don't know what we have here. Like, I think it's good, but it's like, I couldn't tell you, you know, and before every album we demo it at our buddies, uh, Matt Suter ends up making on the record too, with some uh, background vocals and stuff. And he runs our demo for us. That way we have something to listen back to. Cause as you know, it's, whole different thing playing the music and concentrating on your parts and then just sitting back and listening to what the song is and you're concentrating on the other guy's stuff and uh but it is it's that thing where like i mean i i you know i'm married to stuff and i'll share it with the wife and like what's does this suck or you know like what is this is there a hook here like because i don't even know what i'm hearing anymore because it's just a weird thing like it's hard to describe i cringe every time i hear my voice Every every time I listen to one of our songs, something new I find fucked up about it. And it's like, how? After all we went through, like, how did this make it to, you know, I'm listening to it and, like, I'm just now catching this fuck yeah, up. Yeah. And then I listen to it again and it's not there. So it's like, you can't even trust your ears at this point. Yeah. So it's not, it's not enjoyable for me to listen to. Understandable. Understandable. Uh, my thing is, I uh, I recorded some uh, vocals on a punk thing for a friend of mine's band last weekend. And as we're sitting there listening back to it, as the uh, engineer is constantly replaying the same eight or nine lines, I'm just like, motherfucker. It's like, oh, we had that, we had a very good experience with that. <sighs> it's oh my gosh, it's like not on this record either. Uh, a past project. Listen to the same. The same eight seconds or ten seconds of the song. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Over and over and over again, so you can make sure the filters and the limiting is right. And oh my god, you don't know what you're listening to event. Like you're, yeah, you're numb to it. It's like I don't even know what I'm hearing. Right. Like, just get me drunk, get me drunk, and then I'll just be like, 
then I'll sign off. So it's good. It's done. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those experiences, I guess. Speaking of experiences, what about live shows? This is, do you do you enjoy yeah. playing live? Is it something that you can take or leave? I mean, uh, I miss the shit out of performing. Dude. Um, I look at band practice as I look forward to it because it's like, oh, I get to kind of perform. Right. Forward, it's, kind of, uh, it's dress rehearsal at that point. Yeah, but yeah, dude, well, uh, there's nothing better than being on stage and like bleeding and sweating and just going nuts and like, pissing people off that aren't into you and like <laughs> really getting people off that are into you. Uh, it's fucking fun as shit. Yeah, I, I we miss it dearly. Okay, uh, understandable. If ever ha- given the possibility of you know some say the the quote new normal is what we're at where there's not really any shows anymore. Would you rather continue to play shows and not write music again or write music exclusively and not play shows? Weird. For me, it would be writing music and not playing shows. I can't not write. It just If I'm not writing, I feel like I'm not living. Like It's it's so much a part of me, music, I think for all of us, that to not play... Or, or write our own new material and just, you know, play shows, I, I, that'd be tough. Yeah, the same material over and over and over again, yeah. Definitely. Uh, you fall into the, you know, the KISS category at that, where they played the same set list for 25 years or better. <laughs> exactly. It's like if you're, if you're making music and you're doing it for the right reason, which is like I have a, a riff in me that I have, I have to get it out of me. I have to get this goddamn song out of me or else it's going to drive me crazy. That's the right way. Usually um, those are the ones that you wake up at like 8 in the morning and do, right? I did. Like, <laughs> I got this goddamn melody in my head. It's going to drive me insane unless I get this on tape and then I can move on to the next one. You know what I mean? So there's definitely more of that. And just, if we were to only play live for the rest, well, then there would be no more music, no new music coming out of us. So therefore, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, we'd be, it'd be pretty stale pretty quick. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Not too familiar with your touring from Witch Hazel and so on and so forth, but do you have a favorite city or venue you like to perform at? <laughs> we did. A couple of them. <laughs> you know, when that was a thing. <laughs> Sorry, I just cracked another beer. <laughs> oh, all good. What do you guys see? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, our original was the depot in York, you know, that closed down. Um, that was like our home stomping ground place. We'd you know, most shows we would have a great turnout, lots of friends, good times, and that closed down. And they kind of moved to another place in Lancaster called the Chameleon Club, but the COVID took the hit on them, so they're in, in flux right now, I guess. So those were two places that we kind of lost over this time that were really cool places to play that we had really good shows at. Yeah, we've been meeting um, local boys for yeah. you know a long time. We've been trying to get the fuck out of Pennsylvania for years. And with this, you know, with Magic and Mischief and the signing to Cruz del Sur, we we're like finally looking at possibilities to go overseas, which has been a dream of ours since we started this band. We've done some, like, you know, some small, you know, weekend warrior tours, you know, on the East Coast and stuff. And but we we want to play everywhere. We want to go to the East Coast. We want to go Germany, Finland. Norway, England, like we want to go all over the world. So yeah, yeah. as far as touring, I think we've only done like four nights in a row ever. <laughs> it's always like nature. Yeah, like, you know, like, like, uh, 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday kind of thing, go back to work Monday, go back to work Monday. And like, even uh, we were just excited for this record just to do a week or two in here in the States, you know what I mean? And, and see if we can go out with somebody. Like, we were just looking forward to that and then trying to do that, you know, a couple times a year. Like, that's where the, the, the mentality of the band is at, like, just to get the name out more. And then obviously with our label being a uh, European label, like getting over there and the possibilities of that. And so, yeah, we had, I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely an exciting time that came to an abrupt halt, but I mean, at least we're talking about the music. So definitely real quick. I want to hit on this is magic and mischief has, and I want to shout out to a previous metal forge guest, Steve Gatrost, who mentioned on Instagram earlier this week when I made the post announcing you all about the artwork's freaking amazing for Magic and Mischief, which I used in the promo shot. Who did the art? That would be Chad Keith. Um, you can find all his stuff on Instagram. I believe he has a Facebook. Pretty sure he has a Facebook. Yes. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, he's amazing. So I found him through uh, a podcast I listen to called Say You Love Satan Podcast. He did some artwork for their T-shirts and stuff, and uh, his art style just really stood out. Definitely. It looks, it looks like retro, but like the colors are so vibrant, and crazy. And when it came time to start talking about album art for Magic and Mischief, I was like, if we got this guy to do the album cover, we would stand out from all the other bands, all our peers, I should say, that are trying to do this kind of music. So yeah, it was Chad Keith. Uh, Look him up. Hit him up. I think he's taking commission work, so hit him up, man. Hell yeah. It's one of those things that it, it's like, it's it's almost like 80s horror. Yeah. You know, 80s yeah, horror yeah. movie covers. Yeah, and the the, the, the podcast I found him on is, a, is an 80s horror podcast. Nice. <laughs> so it like made a bunch of sense. I was like, well, yeah, like, you know, we, we try to stick to like, the, you know, 70s rock and roll vibe, you know, because that's what we were based on. And like, we don't want to stray away from our roots too bad. Um, but like I said, uh, his style, retro enough where it makes sense for our band and uh, but also like sets us apart from a bunch of others. Definitely. And I'm digging it. I love the green and just the yellow. It, it, it's awesome. Uh, I'm going to definitely have to look him up and I'm going to post links below for him as well I'll find what i can awesome. yeah. so on and so forth hang tight for a few minutes here guys usually i break to commercial about right now but this week i'm going to do something a little bit different it's going to be a little bit of a more special show i want to play a song off of the magic and mischief album this is black shadow
All right, this is the fun part of the show. Oh, Lord, I need another beer. That's where you say, the whole show's been fun, Mark. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's me being a dick. No, uh, this this is a general segment where anything goes. I like to rapid fire some questions to you all just to to learn more about you as people. Because we're, as they say, well, you know, this whole pandemic thing, you know, we're all in this together. We're all people, right? Yes. <laughs> so let's rapid fire some questions here. Some of these are listener-submitted questions that I have used. So when you're ready, let's go. All right, let's do it. Sabbath or Zeppelin? Uh, <laughs> Sticking with the 70s uh, hard rock theme here. See, you first. Stick out. Me first? Sabbath. Mm-hmm. All right, this is brutal, dude, because uh, in the Doom community, which we find ourselves in a lot of time, we love Doom Metal, by the way. I mean... No, like, not taking a piss on that at all. Mm-mm. But a lot of people who are hardcore doom metal fans hate Led Zeppelin. I love Led Zeppelin. Funny story, I hated Led Zeppelin as a kid. Uh, Black Sabbath with my band since nine years old. I remember picking up the Metal Edge and whatever magazines. They do their, like, top 50 hard rock metal bands of all time. Dude, one time Zeppelin beat Black Sabbath out, like, number one and two. It pissed me off so bad. To the point where, like, at the time, I wasn't, like, huge into Zeppelin, but I definitely knew of them and knew their big songs, and I was like, yeah, fuck that band. Like, Black Sabbath <laughs> is the best. I, I refused to listen to them for, like, five years. And, and then, like, I got crazy into Led Zeppelin in my late teens. And I was like, why did I ignore this shit? So I'm past that stage. I, they're a great band. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Black Sabbath is tr- traditionally my favorite band of all time, though. It, they hit me first, so I will go with Sabbath, but I'm I'm not a Zeppelin snub. I'm not. Right on. Love Zeppelin, but it's Black Sabbath for me. <laughs> Definitely. Anybody else? I think we're all Sabbath. That was me. Yeah, I just said um, Sabbath. Definitely. Me being me. Let me let me add a uh, add another mark next to the Sabbath. I think Zeppelin only has four now. No, I'm kidding. Check it out, though. <laughs> Musician-wise, yeah. musician Zeppelin. It's a, they're fucking neck and neck, though. I mean, yeah. eh. John Paul <laughs> Jim probably has more... Uh, chops than geezer. More chops and just general, uh, you know, music knowledge and everything than probably everyone combined. Bill Ward, I mean, Bill Ward's my life, but like Bonham is right there too, and it's like, uh, it's brutal. So, one of my favorite interviews from uh, just here recently, some I asked this question, and somebody goes, "What about John? Uh, what about John Bonham in Black Sabbath?" <laughs> Dude, super. Hey, super not like we need to hear them tape, right? I've been hearing about it for years when they jammed together. Right. And uh, John Bonham sat in on Bill's hit, like broke it and shit, and he loves Super Not. That's like one of my favorite Black Sabbath songs. I need to hear that shit. It'll probably be on, you know, on Earth when, when everyone's dead, I'm sure. But. Probably. Uh, <laughs> or never if Sharon has anything to do with it. Or somebody will make it up and make it sound like it came from like 1972 and we'll all believe it. <laughs> right. Uh, most, we have one to be. <laughs> yeah. most overrated musician. Overrated? Yes. Most overrated musician. Damn it. Tough. Mm, Prince, next question. Oh, oh. Shots fired. <laughs> that was Nate Pleasant saying that. Come at me, fuckers. That's what you are, the fucking crux for that man. It's not that great of a guitar. Oh, man, that's great. Who would you want to Brother see perform Lord. live 
if money was or time was not a issue. Money or time. I've seen anybody I love, but uh, I regret never seeing Death live. I regret never seeing Type of Negative live. He's out there that is an expensive show though. Go see. None really, man. Like, I've seen Kiss a million times. Yeah. You know, Kiss is one of my all-time favorite bands. I've seen Guar a million times. You know, most of my like favorite bands aren't like the Rolling Stones. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I can take that or leave it. Yeah, right on. See anybody? Nope, I agree. I think I've seen uh, bands that are still around. I don't know of any that you know. If I had the money or time that I haven't seen already, that I'd want to see now. Right yeah, on. I'm not really getting. Uh, who would you want to meet that you that you haven't yet? That's pretty cool for me from Primus. Right on. Bill Ward, man. Yes. Bill Ward. I, I dude, I just, I'd love to meet him. I've talked about it. Like just I'm pretty sure he's out in California. Yeah. I believe Stop Bill is out in California now. Yeah, just be like like finding out like what grocery store he goes to or something and just be waiting there with my copy of a volume four and like, dude, I love you. Like I can leave and Stop embarrassing you. I'm weird. Um, I, I go to, you know, a bunch of, like, horror convention shit and, like, get people to sign my stuff. Every time I go to, like, meet, like, a celebrity or something like that, I always clam up. I always feel like I embarrass myself. Like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. Fuck, why did I sing that? <laughs> so, like, I don't know if there's any, like, like musician or anything that would be any different. It's like, hey, I I love your music. Okay, and I just leave me alone. I hope that one's good. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. Right on. Fucking <laughs> well, you know, I I kind of get what you're saying with you know going to the con thing and meeting celebrities and being like, why did I say that? You know, there's nothing worse than going to the con thing and meeting a celebrity that. You know, you're not really because personally, I'm not into the whole paying for autographs thing. Right, it is what it is now, man. It's a fucking industry. That's it, how it is. Money. It is, and you know, and I think it was uh, it was stuff like uh, celebration for Star Wars that started that whole culture of doing that. I went up to Ric Flair. Yes, bitch. I can't go that. Sorry. And it was like, Nate, thanks. You know, sixteen-time world champion. And the dude was as cold as a fucking fish because I didn't right. like, yeah. And he had nobody in his line. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, because I saw Ric Flair at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And uh, he was only there for, I think, one day. So his line was like wrapped around the fucking corner. Wow. Um, I didn't go to meet him. Uh, we did our thing. Went back to the bar later that night. And I, like, I already know where this is going. There's the fucking nature boy. With his, <laughs> of course, because why wouldn't he be at the bar? <laughs> Anyone who and, knows uh, anything about him. <laughs> the entire bar was just buzzing and like you could feel the eyes on him. And like, it's like, I'm not going to go fucking up there and be like, sir, I just want to say it's an honor. You know, I don't know. But there were some dipshits that did do that. And you can tell he was just like, Oops. oh, away from me, peasant. Right. <laughs> but like for me, that like for me, it's cool enough just to be like, I'm staring at the 16 time world champion in a bar. Like, this is cool. I could never imagine walking up to him. Definitely, definitely. Best or worst concert you ever attended? Best or worst concert. Yeah, so if it's the best concert, tell me your best experience. If it, if you think this is the worst concert you ever attended, what was so wrong with it? Best concert ever attended. Last year, 
before shit went down in Baltimore, it was rancid, Pennywise, suicidal tendencies, and the Aquabats. Wow. Um, like, I'm not, like, huge on any of those bands. I mean, I love rancid and suicidal. Um, the other bands I can, you know, take or leave. But it was fun as fuck. It was right near the bay. We had, uh, like, open seating where everyone else had to, like, sit in seats. But we could just, like, walk freely between the bar and right in front of the fucking stage. It was a great time. And I got to touch Matt in here. My fears. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm joking. Steve, you got yours? <clears throat> My favorite? I would say it was probably Primus on the uh, Festival Pier and outside of Philly. Because we were right on the water. And they played the entire Frizzle Fry album. Oh, it was wow. pretty sweet. Right on, right on. For me, this is easier to do the worst because I've just seen so many great shows. Um, for me, the worst, and not because of the band stuff, it was just the experience. Uh, I saw Deep Purple and Mountain years ago at uh, Atlantic City in a casino or something. So I'm like, you know, like early 20s, like been loving the classic rock shit for a while. And like, dude, I'm, yeah, you're like, I'm young. It's what I get nuts. You know, it's like probably like my fifth concert ever in my life or something. And we're there, like we're having a great time. Uh, Mountain opened it, and I'm like freaking out, and like everyone's sitting down. Like the audience was, you know, predominantly older, you know, with you know the, within the band's age. And uh, like this guy, I remember telling you about who's it. Mountain. I picked up a mountain shirt, right? Well, Mountain picked up their their tour shirt, and he's like, "Who would buy a mountain T-shirt?" And I'm like, "Who the fuck are you?" Like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like looking around, and it's like, holy hell, we're the only assholes standing up. Everyone's sitting down. Then Deep Purple came on, and they start with Highway Star, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, Air Drum is standing up. Usher comes up to tell me to charge you that state. Dude, he comes up and like tells me to like sit down. I'm like, what? And he like he like t- like motions me to turn around and look. I look. I turn around. The entire place is sitting down. Like everyone's apparently looking at me. I'm like, dude, this sucks. You know, yeah. head banging. Yeah, like taking I'm, your shirt off. Dude, to me, it's like 1972. You know, like <laughs> let's do this shit. Right. And like, no, dude, it's, it's early 2000s, and these people have knee problems, and they want to sit down. So like, you're getting your wife on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I was bummed out, man. I'm like, this no, nah, this is supposed to be rock and roll, and like, it, it did. It bummed me out. Like the the music kicked ass. The bands were great. It was just the experience sucked. Definitely. You know, I saw Yes one time, and it was the same way. Like nobody stood up the entire show, and I was like, what? What is yeah, he's like an asshole. It's like, oh, who's this asshole? Like, you know, like causing problems here. You know, it's like it's supposed to be a rock and roll concert, but I guess I missed that. Mm. Right. Uh, the only other time I've ever really seen that happen, and this is so fucking wild too. This was last year. Was uh, <laughs> King Diamond actually? No way. King Diamond makes one of my favorite concerts. I was there. I saw him in the theater with Uncle Acid opening up. Correct. Yes. Yeah, it was all theater seating, and nobody was allowed to stand up, or else you got the. See, I missed that. In the eyes. I missed that too. That, that's how. That's how it was here in Louisville, and. I think the people down down uh, below were standing, but any nobody was standing on the balcony here at the Palace Theater in Louisville, which which was yeah. They might where I saw them down in Baltimore. Um, there may have been pit seating, but I I don't think there was that. I think it was all like seating for King fucking Diamond. Yeah, <laughs> which like, is so interesting. The tour was great though. Oh yeah, dude. Um, it was the opener. The very. Uh, very good. Yeah. 
Funny that you should mention that. Also, Metal Forge alumni here, Idle Hands. Just- Idle Hands. Oh, man, they're on this show? Yeah, they were back uh, back in June of this year. Well, dude, they are awesome. I really enjoy that record. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mana is a great album. I would say it's like, it's like if the singer from The Cure made a, a metal band. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, total goth metal. It's Dude, it's, it's great. Seaver, uh, you would you would dig them. I got to show you them. Oh, definitely. Uh, shout out to uh, to Gabe and the guys in Idle Hands. Actually, correct it unto others uh, is their yes, is their yes. new name. So uh, check out the archives for that. It's a real hard question here too. Just like the Sabbath or Zeppelin, chocolate or vanilla. <laughs> That's not hard at all. Chocolate. Oh, um, vanilla. Uh oh. Uh oh. Do we have a tiebreaker? Yep. Steve said vanilla. I did chocolate because Hershey represent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast food? Breakfast food? I don't eat breakfast. Uh, Beer. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, the favorite breakfast food for me lately has got to be the uh, breakfast burrito, man, from like Hardee's or something. Love <laughs> from Hardee's. Yeah, dude, I'm addicted to that shit. You guys got, you guys got Hardee's down there. Carl Junior. Oh there. yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't hit Carl's Junior until you're like Alabama, uh, Georgia, Texas. No, places like that. So you're a Hardee's boy as well. Right? Oh yeah, we have Hardee's here for sure. I, I was doing country fried steak. Ooh. There you go. What? Country fried steak? I never had it. It's not good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You're missing out. For sure. If you've never had it. Pretty much. <laughs> For breakfast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, you you know, you put like white gravy and stuff on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's the worst album by your favorite band? Oh, this is awesome. Oh man. Okay. I'm cracking another beer by the way. This is brutal, dude. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's super tough. Because even even the albums that my favorite bands have that aren't as good as the others, I always find reason to like accept it. Like, okay, they're doing it for this reason or that because I'm so much of a fan of theirs. You well, know what I mean? So it's kind of tough. Well, the good thing is you haven't said the obvious answer, so that proves that that's not everybody's favorite band. So, okay, I'm going to say this just to piss Seabird off. <laughs> oh, no. Sepultura Roots. Oh. oh no! Sepultura is one of my favorite fucking bands. They're amazing. Those first four records, or I'll say five. I do like Chaos AD, but there you can tell they were starting to uh, roots. I cannot listen to, and they're one of my favorite bands. Wow! So, do you like uh, anything that they've done after Max? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. Fair enough. Even though that would have made me, you know, a little upset, I don't either. Which <laughs> Bruce was the end for me. Understandable. I think that's the last. I think I have a rise. A rise, dude. Yeah, but I, I still like. There's some cool stuff in Chaos AD, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, I can tell you're racking your fucking brain, dude. This is brutal. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> It's all good if you don't have if you can't pick one. Like I said, at least nobody said the obvious answer. San Andreas, yeah. Is that <laughs> Yes, that's the obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. Or risk. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I didn't even say 
Lost in Space by Guar, one of my favorite bands. This is shit record. Sorry, guys. No, I get it. I, I, I definitely understand. Only got a few more here. But before we get into that, let's take a real quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Dion and $30 tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I still have Spellbook here. We're going to finish the interview out, and then we're going to play some more music. So let's go. Denim or leather? Oh, oh man. for me. Damn, you got some good questions, man. Yep, I got to say denim. Hey, no left to leather, baby. Yeah. I'm going to go with leather. I'm going to go leather, too. So are we uh, two leathers and one denim? Yep. Ah, see, it's awesome. <laughs> see, it's it's diversity and it's working and it's metal. Give me the pants. Give me the. Give me a leather shirt. Give me leather underwear. I will wear it. <laughs> give me the curtain. Oh, there you bell go. Bottoms and a fucking jean jacket. Yep. Uh, and the bell, bell bottoms and bell bottoms and and denim denim jacket. Uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas. Jesus Christ. Come <laughs> on, did you really search these questions? These are brutal, hard questions. Christmas. It's Christmas for me. Thanksgiving, I guess. <laughs> Dude, a minute. Wow. wow. No, 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 Christmas. No. Nice. All right. <laughs> Got one more question, but before we get into it, how can people reach you guys? How can they buy albums? How can they buy merch? How can they say, hey, you guys are doing an awesome fucking job. Keep it up. How do they do that? Follow us at Spellbook Band on Instagram. Follow us at Spellbook Band on Facebook. It's Spellbook Band everywhere. Um, To buy our stuff, go to spellbookband.bandcamp.com. Just follow us, you know, find us on Bandcamp bubblebands.bandcamp.com we've got vinyl we got cds we're about to launch a lot of shit so stay tuned for that um better have patches well <laughs> well um <laughs> see, yeah, um, see what i did band everywhere awesome so click the links below all right do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody shout out to give to anybody yeah. Do you have any shout outs you want to say? Hey, mom, thanks for listening. Or anybody else? Hey, Darren from Hell Devon. Thanks for getting a sign, bro. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, real quick, I want to mention that. Um, 
we were ready to put this album out like the usual. We were getting ready to send it out to the same 20, 25 labels that would, you know, deny us again because of this reason or this reason. We don't fit their catalog or their roster. Totally prepared to do that. And Darren was like, real quick, before you go on, <laughs> for our album Otherworldly, we were, our rejection letters were, you sound too much like Kiss, you're not doom enough, and you are too, too experimental. So we sound we sound too much like Kiss, and we're too experimental. Yeah, we're an experimental Kiss. Oh my God, bless. Uh, yeah, that's what we should say as our description. Spellbook, the experimental Kiss. Wow. Yeah, so we we played with we played with uh, the Azel Fuzz. He was part of the Azel Fuzz, and he was like, "Holy shit!" Like we played our set, and he's like, "Dude, what's going on?" And then. He wanted to know about a particular song, and it was Amulet. And I was like, well, that's been our next record. He goes, all right, well, who's putting that out? And when he said that, I kind of chuckled. And I'm like, uh, probably us, like usual. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, dude, like, you know, we've done this, you know, a couple times now, and there's just no interest. And he's like, dude, he's like, no, dude. He's like, this needs to be heard. He pretty much stayed in the loop as we were recording. Like, I was saying, like, hey, like, oh, my God, this is sounding great. Like, he was like, I got to put this in some people's ears. He's like, I can't promise you shit. But he's like, at least it'll be in people's ears. And maybe we'll get a buzz. And if not for this time, next time. And I'll be damned, you know, like, got us in uh, touch with the uh, Cruise Del Sur. And that's nothing. Awesome. So, yeah, with nothing but love to the boys and Pale Divine. And uh, X, the elder guys. Yep. Tom Phillips helped us a lot with the record. Enrico at uh, Cruise Del Sur. Yeah, we can put Merciful Mike in there as well. Mike Smith. Yeah, yeah. Mike Smith was big too. Merciful Mike. And dude, I will say, like, the Cruise Del Sur roster is pretty freaking awesome. Like, it's been a fun five, six months um, checking these bands out, like, that, you know, that potentially playing with whenever the hell the world's normal again. Like, oh, yeah. Catching dude. some of these, catching some of these acts. Hell yeah. Sacred Dude, leather. Really strong roster, man. Really proud to be. It's not. It's like one thing to be on a label or whatever. It's like I'm actually like you know proud to be on with these bands, man. Really cool bands to be included with these like up and coming, very interesting heavy metal, old school kind of stuff. It's it's awesome. Yeah, Cruise Del Sur Music is putting out some really really interesting shit these days. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Bands like Pharaoh are on there, which that's awesome because yeah. they've been around for like ever. Yeah. So, all right. Last question. What's your biggest fear? Biggest fear? <laughs> right now, if this is my last Nickel of Ultra. No. <laughs> God, I'm just going to sound like a douchebag. Then I'll have to break keto and drink a uh, normal ass beer. No. Um, biggest fear? I don't know. Lately, not, I haven't been afraid of death. That's been uh, something new this year. So it's like, oh, no, the pandemic, everything, you know, 2020, uh, your fatality has kind of like been shoved in your face this whole, this entire year. So I'm, I'm not really afraid of it anymore. Yes, the biggest fear is just for you to never get out and put this shit on the road and like get in front of people. Agreed. That's where I was getting ready to do. Yeah. A lot of time and energy in this shit for to just, you know, to not be out there doing it. So, yeah, I'd say uh, maybe to die with songs still inside of you. There you go. Understandable. Dudes, thank you all so much for coming on the show. I have had such a good time today with this. Awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah, that's Mark. Appreciate it, man. Siebert, Nate, Nick, off of Magic and Mischief, what do you want me to play on your all's way out? 
Uh, I just go with Wants of the Sky. It's a good, it's the opening track to our album. And if you like it, uh, keep on listening. Yeah. All Agreed. right. Dude, dudes, thank you all so much. Here it is. Thank you, man. Wands to the Sky.
Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. Went back to the bar later that night. and I, like, I already know where this is going. <laughs> there's the fucking nature boy with his... 